Hello, friends. Welcome to Happy Sad Talk Thing. My name is Mackin. This is a podcast where I talk to people um, that I think are interesting or cool. And uh, it's just kind of free-form conversation stuff, you know? Sometimes we're just messing around, having some laughs, and sometimes we're really getting into it. It's usually a little bit of both. Um, And this is one of my favorite episodes I've ever recorded of this podcast. Uh, This is an episode I got to do with my dad. Um, And I'm really excited to share it with you guys. Um, He's my favorite guy in the universe. He's my hero. And um, he's a fascinating guy, you know? He, like... Everyone that meets my dad is, is, is kind of fascinated by him. I know everyone is like, my dad's great. My dad could beat up your dad. <laughs> That's a joke that me and my friends would say in high school. Um, I mean, I don't know. Fathers are obviously in- incredibly complex figures in your life. Um, but I, I really do admire my father a great deal. And um, it just means a lot that... Uh, he came down just to do this with me, you know, because <laughs> son's weird internet radio talk show for, you know, dozens of people at most, <laughs> you know, um, but he's a fascinating guy, man. He's a trial lawyer. Um, he was a drama major in college. He was a bartender in San Francisco for many years. Um, I don't know. I just, um, I'm very fascinated by him so I was just kind of asking him about his life and like it was interesting like just because the the type of public speaking he does is a little more formal like he did start out like a little formal in this conversation in a way that he and I don't normally communicate like we usually have a more casual rapport you know but I think he's just like he just comes from a different generation and like for me like recording this thing is like you know I'm just fucking around in my apartment right now no big deal you know what I'm saying but so that was that was just like a little interesting observation, but um, I mean, we talked about so much interesting stuff, you know. We talked about mortality and like relationships and uh, just like work and I don't know self worth and like it was a really great conversation. And it's honestly like one of my fave one of my fave memories with my dad. And um, yeah, I don't really want to say too much more about it. I just want to like let you guys check it out if you're interested. About me talking to my dad. Um, oh, I have a couple plugs. Um, I have one plug. I'm playing a show Tuesday, November 15th in Orange County um, in Santa Ana at uh, 4th Street Market in downtown Santa Ana. I'm playing from 7 to 7.30. It's an all-ages show, and it's free, and it's just going to be me and my acoustic guitar um just other updates in my life nova darlings we're gonna be playing soon no shows on the books yet but like we're still around don't worry um i'm recording some solo stuff and um making this podcast got another live one um, that i'm planning um it's gonna be super fun you're gonna see some hear some old friends that you've heard on this podcast and some new friends of course and um I just want to say that I love you, everybody. I hope you guys are doing well. Um, it's been a it's been a wacky time in my life, but um, I gotta say that I really still do believe in people, and I still believe in love, and I still believe in friendship and all that shit. You know, there's a lot of reasons to hate the world. <laughs>
<laughs> Especially, I don't know how this outcome of this election turns out, but I'm sure there's a lot of people that are going to be unhappy either way. Um, but I don't know, man. Like, it, it is bold to to love the universe, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and my dad actually talks about that towards the end, about just, like, having a positive outlook on the world and, and, and how that is an intentional thing that you have to do, you know? Um, anyways, and so regardless of whatever uh, battle you're fighting, you know, and I'm, I hope you think that, um, or I hope you know that, you know, you're loved and, and there's, there's more people that care about you than you probably think and um, that it's worth it. You know what I'm saying? It's worth it to uh, believe in the world. So take care, everyone. Enjoy the conversation. Close do you have to be to these things? I like to be right up on it. Okay. I can turn like the mu- you can kind of hear it a little bit in the speakers. Like okay, I got you. Can you hear me? Yeah. Can you hear? Can you test it? Yeah. Okay. So we can do it like this. So we can hear ourselves through the speakers, or we can just turn the speakers off and just kind of sit here and talk. Well, wow, this gives it a more feels a little. Right? Yeah, I like sometimes I do it with headphones on, but it gets a little claustrophobic like that. You know. Yeah. I hear Anyways. You. How you doing, man? Thanks for doing this. Are we on the tape right this now? This is happening, yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Um, do you, like, just out of curiosity, what is your impression of, like, podcasts? Like, have you listened to many podcasts? I've only listened to the ones you've sent me. No, it's not a habit of mine. Uh, I, 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 I'm remarkably boring in that regard. <laughs> I, don't, I don't listen to many books on tape either, which is a habit i got to get into. They're educational things, and I need yeah. to do it, and I just don't. Yeah, so. well, it's just, I don't know. It's uh, just another way to consume ideas and whatever. You know, you know? what I fear? I, I, I agree with you, and I should do it. I listen to a lot of silly ones, by the way, that are just for laughing. <laughs> See, I, I want, I, usually I have a thought process. And usually it's in my car when I have opportunities to listen to things, right? That's what I was going to say, just for someone that drives so much. Yeah, so you would think you'd have a ton of opportunities. Mm. But music allows me to think, and so I just play music and right. i play it incessantly to, to kind of backdrop your yeah and i can thoughts. my my mind can wander and i can clarify my thoughts and i can do all of that with music playing in the background yeah and if somebody's talking <laughs> two things happen either i find myself pissed and disagreeing with them and focused on what they're saying yeah or I find myself ag- agreeing with them and thinking up reasons that they should be saying that they're not saying. Right. Like you want to contribute to the conversation yeah, and you but, can't. Yeah. But I'm, but I'm learning things and I understand that. But right. I I just, um, it, it, it stilts my mind from doing the things that I'm, that I need to do. Yeah. I feel, well, now's the chance, man. All the things you wanted to say, you can say them right now. <laughs> yeah. All, all of those things that I've been thinking. I haven't been thinking that many things because I haven't been listening to many podcasts, frankly. Oh, no. Well, but even sports talk, <laughs> even sports talk. And I listen to people, you know, yeah, say, well, that's, my that's opinion podcasting, is. you know, it's, it's just of sorts. Conversation you know. is all it is. Exactly. You know? And you're, you're engaged in the world and you're like invested in people. Like all, all, all it is is just another way of like. I don't know, plugging into the universe, you know? I agree, and I should do more of it because it would make me more aware of what's going on, but I just don't. 
I mean, it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? Um, what are you up to these days, man? What, is, what are your days like? It, there's an interesting there's an interesting change in the wind, actually, I think. Yeah. Um, I, I, what I'm up to is practicing law and driving around thinking about the facts <laughs> of the case that consume me. Right, yeah. And, and, and that consumes 95% of what I do. Mm-hmm. But the other part of it is the business part of it and what's going to happen. I'm 61. Mm-hmm. Are you asking me? I have no idea. I know. I'm, I'm <laughs> telling you. I, I, I want you to be amazed by that because how, how quickly that time has gone by. Yeah, you were three last time it. I turned around. <laughs> but, but in any event, it's uh, it, there's another, what, 10 years, 13 years of active active mind active practice being involved in it and so yeah it's a different thing you know you're what are you 21 21 so you you look at life much differently than the way i look at life (laughs) okay i'm starting for the very first time when you kind of turn that corner at 60 you start looking at a finite remainder of your existence on the planet yeah and it's a funky thing to to confront yeah i know like I, i can really avoid my mortality, like on my day-to-day life, like it's pretty easy. <laughs> I can imagine. I, I, I think about my mom. She's ninety-six yeah. years old. She must be looking at like <laughs> a, a month at a time. Yeah, and she's in good health and all that. But she, when she, when you talk about, hey, it's going to be great when so and so graduates from, or, or when you know some future event, right? And she's she must be thinking to herself, and, and like the end of the football season, like yeah, <laughs> the next Super Bowl, yeah, you know? and, and yeah. that. That's how finite it gets, you know. And so for the first yeah. time, I'm confronting, I'm thinking, okay, 25 years, 25 years. What's going to happen in the next 25 years? Yeah. You'll be 46. Um, mm-hmm. 25 Jesus years, eight, I'll be 86 years old. Yeah. And that's kind of a good run. You, you get 86, yeah. that's a good run. <laughs> that's fucking glorious. So you think about, you know. 25 years i've never been a big planner i'm I'm a lousy financial planner it's not like i have a little plan for when i can retire (laughs) i don't have that yeah so it's an interesting phenomenon what's happening right now because i'm trying to think of what's going to get me to the finish line comfortably with an interesting life that's going to fulfill me Think about that. Try to project <laughs> yourself into that. I know. It's wild. Yeah, as far as like what what more do I want to do here on this planet? You know what I'm saying? Like I want to spend time with the people that I care about and like, I don't know, maybe see some more cool places. Like, <laughs> Yeah, that you have the energy to do and the money to do. Yeah. You know, and, and there's certain limitations. Health limitations start to set in. Yeah. This has been the case a little bit with me. Yeah, man. Um, so you kind of have to navigate your course with those limitations and to think about the possibilities of those limitations. That's a different thing for me. I've I've never had to do that. I've never actually right turned around and faced that direction. Has it been so, a gradual thing or is it or has it been like Yeah, I guess it's gradual. Kind of I mean, the last year or so. I I think probably <laughs> it's been more shocking than gradual to me. I think I just kind of took inventory on it recently. Yeah. Um, because I had a I had an AFib situation. It's not an yeah. uncommon disease process. It's it's really not. Just for people you know? that don't know, that's a heart thing. Yeah, so, I don't yeah, really it's a know heart thing. It's also. atrial fibrillation. And so the risk of it is that clots form in the atrium of your heart and shoot up into your brain and you have a stroke. <laughs> and depending on where they land in your brain depends upon the uh, dictates the gravity of the stroke. Yeah. 
So it's a, it's kind of a scary thing to have. And the mm. solution to it in modern medicine, modern as you want to call it, is to take a blood thinner so that the clots don't form. Mm. And, that, and that has consequences. And then you take a, a beta blocker, and that has consequences. And all of a sudden, you're, you're starting that phase of your life where you're taking pills. Yeah. You know, as part of, as part of the deal. Yeah. Wake up, good to take my pills. I mean, that freaks me out. I hate that concept. I, I've yeah. always, you know, people with a little pill box. When you saw pill boxes in the drugstore, you go, I ruined the day. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, yeah. Friday. And you open up your little thing and you take your set of pills. Yeah. I'm, oh, I it's forgot just, to say it's horrifying to me. So, anyway. Just the idea of like active body maintenance in like a real way. And the potential for, you know, bear in mind, I do medical work. Right. And so for years, I have looked at uh, guys younger than me dropping dead <laughs> <and laughs> medical catastrophes. Yeah. It's it's like at your age, you're you're 21, and so you look at a professional athlete, you sit and you watch the World Series, and you go, holy shit, that guy's younger than me. And he's, play, he's on the mound for the Dodgers in the World Series yeah. or in the National League Championship. I've been getting that lately with songwriters. Like, there's a girl named Julian Baker who's younger than I am, and she's, like, opening for my favorite bands and, like, you know, yeah. putting out records. Think, holy shit, like, she was in, I was in sixth grade. She was in fourth grade. You know, yeah. that, that's how I used to think of it. Yeah. <laughs> or, like, a cop pulls you over. And they're younger than you. And you're <laughs> telling you, 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 yeah, they sure get out of the car and go, what? Wait, what? Yeah. I mean, you know, I graduated from high school. You were still in eighth grade. So that what that kind of stuff seeps in on you. Yeah. Then it gets to the point where professional athletes were retiring. <laughs> they were younger than me. <laughs> so They were hanging it up. <laughs> yeah. And the president is like... 20 years younger than me. <laughs> That's got to so, be a weird one. Yeah, so it, it kind of happens in steps. And so now I'm thinking, wow, okay, I'm about to be 62. Mm. Uh, how many cases have I had of guys that have had either strokes or heart attacks or bad physical phenomenon happen yeah. to them at that age? Lots. So anyway, it just causes you to kind of put your head up and look around and say, oh, okay. Right. You know, make your moves count here. Make, make right. the things that you do matter. Well, and I would say even more so than a doctor, you're looking at like like people don't you know sue doctors for their bodies working correctly. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you're looking at the worst examples of you know, the yeah, people's bodies failing on them, or I don't know. And it's kind of a dangerous um, knowledge base because I'm not a doctor, right. but I know a lot of medicine. <laughs> I know just enough medicine to scare the living shit <laughs> out of myself. <laughs> so, I mean, that's kind of... Yeah. Anyway, that's been the wake-up call lately. You're asking me how I'm doing. I'm dealing with that. And it's okay. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't freak me out. It's part of life. You, you, you often wonder yeah. how old people are so calm. You think mm. to yourself, Jesus, these guys, their days are numbered. Yeah. And they maintain because I think that's part of life, too. You know, you just yeah, you just have the ability to deal with it. An interesting thing that <clears throat> I was listening to on a podcast the other day is um, when you ask like young people to tell the story of their lives, it's particular. It's usually a pretty long story. You know, what I'm saying someone will take twenty, thirty minutes really? to kind of tell you the arc of their. Like if you ask yeah, me yeah, yeah. right now, I'd be like, "Well, I started out as a kid. And I really, I really liked guitar. I would go on this long thing, you know." Yeah. And if you ask like old people the story of their lives, it's 
a very concise story. <laughs> it's like tends yeah. to be. Well, the memories are a little worse. That's also. true. <laughs> <laughs> the database, but um... that's true. You have a tendency to bulk things together. <laughs> that was that decade, and then, and then another decade. <laughs> yeah, but I, I don't know. I like the idea of uh, just not getting caught up in the. Uh, I don't know, just like bigger themes of your life yeah, rather minutia. than like, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you there. You go back, and I, I don't know if you've ever done this. I'm sure you probably have. Most people your age have. Do you want another beer? K- yeah. Kept a diary yeah. or a, a journal of some kind. And when you go back and you read them and you look at the things that you address that were important to you yeah. or that you thought, you, you go like, what? I did that the other day. It's like I, remarkable yeah. detail. Oh, of, God. Of shit that doesn't matter. <laughs> Woke up, had a peanut butter sandwich. <laughs> yeah. Loved it. Changed from marshmallow to jelly. Yeah. I look at, like, my high school, like, I have a, I, have, I very sporadically keep journals. You know what I'm saying? And, like, yeah. this podcast is actually functioning somewhat as a journal because, like, I'll, I mean, I started it in, like, February and I'm, I'll occasionally, like, I've, like, I've listened to the first episode, like, I'll, I'll just, like, just to see almost as, like, personally, like, what's the evolution? Where was it? my head at? eight months ago you know what I'm yeah. saying? and it's yeah, a yeah, yeah. different it's a different space and it's like of course crazy so they're like in in five years 10 years 20 years listening to these is going to be crazy you know just like conversations well, that's with, true i never even thought of that that's a, yeah. it's a great way to log <laughs> progress yeah and it's not really like as i mean i'm i tend to be pretty personal on this show about like what i'm thinking and what i'm going through but like it's not really a diary. I mean, there is a difference between like stuff that I'll talk about, like stuff that I talk about on here. Like I like to think has some kind of value to somebody else, mm-hmm. like checking it out, you know, not saying it's for everybody. Um, but like, I don't know. It still is. It still serves as a very interesting sort of like document of absolutely. Who I, was. I, I never thought of that. <laughs> if, if you, if you have a series of them, mm-hmm. You know, I tr- I've been trying to do it pretty much every week. This course. is like the twenty sixth one or something like that. And and then you have the ability to go back and and kind of watch the whole graph progress. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, and when even such a minute like arc already. You know, it's just been how long has it been going on since February? When you say twenty six, they are what weekly. The, pretty much. I've taken a bunch of weeks off. I mean, obviously, the math doesn't change. Yeah, 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 exactly. I was just trying to do that, man. I go, that's a half a year. February, we should be August right now. Yeah. I um, yeah, I try to do them every week, but I, I took about a month off in the summer. And uh, just because, like, no one's, like, it's kind of nice, especially because with music, like, I'm really, I'm, like, making stuff, and there's expectations, and there's deadlines. It's really nice because this is, like, very unedited, and it's just, like, very spontaneous. You know, it pretty much takes as long to make it as it does to record it. You know, I pretty much just hit upload after this, you know? Yeah. And so it's nice to have this, like, finite creation of something and, like, um... Do you edit it? Then you edit it, right? A little bit, but not really, man. I mean, I edit it if, like, like if you and I started talking about something that was, like not like maybe too personal and like not cool to mm. put out yeah right you know right, like right, i would right. go through and, and edit that or you if, could get those kinds of developments in a conversation like this easily yeah or a comment that uh, you go oh, so i usually let people chew on it for a day and if they think of anything you know what i maybe we shouldn't have talked about that ex-girlfriend or something because i don't right. want to be like gossipy or whatever you know right of course but um anyways you're like uh, a fascinating character and i wanted to like just sort of ask you about yourself because People are very fascinated by you, and I'm, I'm sure that you know this. Like, you're a very magnanimous, like, enigmatic guy, you know? And, like, you're, you're talking so much already about medicine, but, like, you were, like, a drama major in college, and, like, 
you were like were yeah. sailed around the world at some point and like I don't know. I didn't sail around the world. You didn't sail around the world. But I mean, like, you have a lot of interesting parts to your personality. Because I come from an interesting family. Is that what it is? I think that's a big part of it. You know, I'm preparing to roast a guy, (laughs) another lawyer. There's a lawyer roast. There's a lawyer roast. So it's kind of a stand-up comedy feature to this whole thing. Yeah. And one of the beauties of this guy, I was thinking on the way down here today, Mm -hmm. is that he's a colorful character. He has personality. And he has depth. Yeah. And it makes for an interesting occupation for me. You think of lawyers, you think of white-haired guys harumphing around hallways with ties on and, and boring, talking about shit you don't even care about, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what I think about still. I, so when you get a lawyer who has a, a novel way of looking at things yeah. and a novel way of acting and reacting to things, that makes my life interesting. Mm-hmm. And I like to think I'm one of those guys. And it comes from, I think it's a consequence of coming from a relatively big family in a kind of a colorful time of life, the 60s and 70s, growing up, you know, in your age, during that time frame in that town. Yeah. Lots of things were going on. Lots of things were happening. Yeah. It it forces you to have a personality, I think. Yeah. And and, and that, I I think that's the interesting part about it. So I, I think... You you grow up in that in that atmosphere. You go to I was I was lucky enough to get into good schools, mm-hmm. and those were different kinds of kids at those good schools. Yeah, and I grew up in a neighborhood that those kids were not go, even going to school. Some of them weren't, you know, and, yeah. and they were brown bagging it on the corner in front of my house. Yeah, um, and so. There's two different groups of people that you have to get along with right there. Right. I spent a lot of time as a bartender. I spent a lot of time in, in outstanding academic institutions. So yeah. I think all that taught me by complete <laughs> happenstance to get along with a lot of different types of people. Yeah, That's come in handy as a lawyer, as a trial lawyer. Yeah. Come in, that's, a, that's a handy thing to have, to be able to talk to a busboy, a plumber, and a PhD. But I feel like it's more than pragmatism. Like you're You're fascinated by... Humanity, you know what I'm saying, and you know, and I feel like you have a lot of. I don't want to say, like, I just feel like you could be a really like you could you you you're you could be you're like very entitled to be a douchebag, you know what I'm saying? Like you could very easily, <laughs> with your sort of credentials, like only want to talk to like rich people that are like have a degree or like whatever, you know what I'm saying? But you're like, I don't know, just the way you talk to like, I'll, we'll be at dinner or something like that. Or you and me will be waiting for an elevator and I'll, I'll go grab something and I'll come back and you'll have like a new best friend, the person sitting next to you, you know what I'm saying? And like just sitting with you and like watching films or they're just, I don't know, just talking about people, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I don't know. Well, <laughs> do you feel like you have this fascination with humanity? Well, two things about that. Yeah. My brother Bobby, one of the greatest guys on the planet, taught me early on, as I've told you in the past. Definitely, yeah. You're nobody special. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So get that out of your fucking head. Yeah. Um, And number two, it does interest me. I I, I am interested in it. I mean, even, even to the point of looking at a dog. 
<laughs> and the way yeah. they express emotion. You've had many conversations about yeah. this. <laughs> our, our, our kids fascinate me. Kids fascinate me. I think I love talking to them to the point where, you know, mom says, hey, 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 hey. Those people think you're weird. <laughs> but I like to hear what they say. For example, yeah. I'm at the movie the other night. We, we went to the movies on, uh, I forget what night it was. But anyway, we went and saw uh, Jack Reacher. Mm. And I'm Did walking the in the Cruise, movie. The new Tom Cruise yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm walking in the movie, and there's a little kid walking out. And it's a white kid. Mm. And I'll tell you that I have found that the kids that are willing to talk to me are usually not white. Mm. They're usually kids from big families that have a little <laughs> confidence in themselves. Right, and they're usually like a minority of some kind. Only child, like yeah. white families. And, and, yeah. and I think the white kids get a heavy dose of don't talk to people. Yeah. Right. And so there's like a little white coddling and whatever like it that. is, whatever, yeah. whatever it is, a fear of, I don't know what the <laughs> hell it is. But in any event, this little kid's walking out. She's a little girl in a pair of tights and she's kind of jumping around and she's in a world of her own. Mm -hmm. And I said, uh, how you doing? And she goes, good. Like most kids say. Right. And then she goes, how you doing? <laughs> I, and I loved her for it. I go, I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. You know, yeah. the fact that she that she asked the question. I go, this kid is awesome. She's another dimension. <laughs> She's a different level of a kid. You know, most kids have grabbed their mother's leg yeah. and they look at you and say, think weirdo. Or if they say anything at all, they go, good, you know, and hope like hell you don't say anything else to them. <laughs> <laughs> but this kid had a response. She wanted to engage. She said, how are you doing? I go, excellent. That is excellent. That, that kind of thing turns me on. That, yeah. that a kid has that kind of courage, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so yeah, man. I don't know what it is. I, I think that's just a fascination of life altogether. I like watching people's facial reactions when you say things. I think it... I love acting. Yeah. I love watching good you actors. You were a drama major. I know. I know. That is true. <laughs> I tell people that and they're shocked. <laughs> you know? It is true. I don't tell people that oh, so really? that they won't be shocked. Oh, I'm shocked. sorry. Is that like a piece of information? <laughs> no, no, you I don't care share? about it. I don't care about it. But, but when you say it, they go, they go like, what? Uh, they, they think you you're weird. You want political science yeah. major? <laughs> go, oh, my God. You have a sensitive side? I go, no, no, not really. I just liked it. I liked the concept. Of acting, and I like watching yeah. good actors. I think I think they're fascinating when they're really good at it, mm. subtly good at it. You know, like it's your natural inclination. And you and yeah. I think I've talked about this. Your natural inclination to, to 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 take the shallow route. You know, you act like a drunk. You act like you, you, you act. I'm drunk. I'm shit faced. Yeah. yeah, and that's not how drunks. And are. I'm pissed off. Yeah, exactly. When like this can be so much more. Angry, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If yeah, like, right. Facial expressions, you yeah. underplay it. Yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, and it's the it's the um, the drunk doesn't try to act drunk. The drunk tries I to know. act sober. Desperately tries to act sober. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so that's the real guy. That's the, you yeah. see somebody pull that off and do it well. It's fascinating to me. So yeah, I mean, now, those are just little observations of life, and I love watching them. And that's, it makes for good comedians. I swear to God, I think comedians yeah. are great observers of life. Mm. That's why it's funny. That's why the shit yeah. they say is funny. I mean, you know? a lot of the modern comedians are kind of like philosophers in a way. They are. Most saying? of them make pretty good actors too. Yeah. You know, you saw the uh, <laughs> uh, what's his name, Robin Williams. Oh. He was a good actor. And yeah. he was fucking hilarious, man. When he got going, <laughs> man, he was just off the charts funny. Unbelievable, yeah. But all, like his dramatic acting is like incredible. Like was good hunting because he was insightful. What about when he was Mrs. Doubtfire? I mean, it's, I know it's a comedy, but that yeah. was fucking great. Yeah, he like truly incredible. Yeah. You know, 
Because the joke uh, isn't that he's like acting like a man in a dress. You yeah. Know? The joke is that he's like passing as a woman and pulling it off. <laughs> oh yeah. Like, like, a, this like a son of a bitch. Yeah, man. Oh, it, I, I, and to me, that just strikes me as just like a fundamental, like just tuned in person. You know what I'm saying? Like no. just high, That's right. high That's empathy. what I think about him. That's Michael Keaton started like that. He was a comedian and he was a comedic mm. actor. You know, that was, he was kind of looked upon as being yeah. the, the funny guy. That's so, because like, I just know him as like original Batman, but I know that like at the time oh, he was way before that. Yeah. He was in, uh, what was the movie he was in with Fonzie that was a freaking riot? They, they, they ran a hooker thing out of a funeral parlor. Oh. And he was, <laughs> that was, it was a riot. I forget what the name of it was. Anyway, mm. he's a funny bastard. And, and yeah. my point is that I think to be a really funny comedian, you have to have great insight into people and, yeah. and situations. You know, that, that's what makes you funny. Otherwise, <laughs> you'd be inappropriate, right? Yeah. You make the wrong comment about the wrong thing and people say, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, but those guys have a way to make it funny. Yeah. Well, uh, so I guess the thing that I think about a lot, um, because you and me are very similar. We're, we're we're very different, but we're also like, I don't know, trial law. You know what I'm saying? Where you're trying to communicate a set of ideas to a jury. You know what I'm saying? And you have nine people, twelve people, whatever it is, and you're you have to like, I don't know, you have to connect with them. You know what I'm saying? You have to right. reach some place with them and and communicate. And that right. is the same. That is the same task as an actor, and that is the same task as for me as a songwriter, you know, and as a performer, you know what I'm saying? And, and it's just interesting to me thinking about the sort of crossover there. You know what I'm saying? That's a good song. Uh, That's a good, that's a good (laughs) theme for a song. Common ground. Common ground. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good thing. Cause that, cause it does, that does pervade acting. It does pervade trial or it pervades business for crying out loud. And literally everything. It's humanity. Yeah. It's people connecting with people. Yeah, it does. You know? That's exactly right. That, that's a good song. Good theme for a song. And like, I don't know shit about trial law, but like, I don't know, you're a, you're a highly praised lawyer. And I think it's because of your, not only like compassion, but just understanding of people, you know what I'm saying? And, and needing yeah. to communicate not only with the other lawyers, but like, you know, that's the fun part of, of it. <laughs> that's know? the fun part because yeah. the law part really is kind of academic, and mm. I mean it's interesting and it's challenging and all that, but it's not it's not going to get you out of bed when you're an old. <laughs> you know, it's uh, what gets you out of bed is looking somebody in the eye and convincing them of something that you believe. Mm. The first part of the trick is convincing yourself. Yeah. And and a lot of lawyers drink too much of their own Kool-Aid. Right. And they get too far out on a limb. And because mm-hmm. they, they just bullshit themselves. I'm they the start, arbiter of truth. Yeah. They start believing their own bullshit. And mm-hmm. and so so number one, being objective, figuring out what's true and what isn't about what you're about to say. Yeah. And then being able to say it and believe it. Yeah. You know what I mean? When somebody talks to you and they're selling you something, you feel it. Yeah. Somebody talks to you and they believe what they're saying. You feel that too, mm. and that matters. That changes your mind. It changes. It, it it doesn't even change your mind. It changes your heart. It changes something in your stomach. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And and that that I think is what convinces people. Mm. You say if you're looking at a person, you go, "This guy fucking believes what he's saying to me right now. He believes it. He believes yeah. it from the bottom of his heart." You have a tendency to believe it too. I think that's what makes a convicting performance. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like when you see Bruce Springsteen, you know, 
Yeah. He's into it, you know? Yeah. He's not doubting himself on stage, you know? Yeah, he says to me that he has had those experiences he's singing about. Mm. <laughs> he's just not taking somebody's song and saying the words. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's a very earnest place it he is. sings from. <clears throat> but I, I like him anyways, because my brother Bobby was a limo driver yeah. in L.A. for a while. That yeah. was a job. And he used to drive around Springsteen. Yeah. And Springsteen started liking him so much that he started asking for him. You told me that. And you told me that Springsteen sat in the front seat. Yeah, and love Bob. He didn't sit in the back of the limo. Love Bob. Yeah, you, you should, you should, you should, I'm going now. Anybody that can appreciate my brother Bobby, who is a character, okay? Right. I mean, you, it requires some depth. Yeah. To appreciate his personality, and uh, so it caused me to like him. So yeah. Everything he did after that, I liked even better than I liked it before. Just, just based on that fact alone. Mm. <laughs> you know that happens to you, right? Yeah. Somebody does something you like, and you end up changing your whole mind. For example. Yeah, Rex Ryan, the coach of the Buffalo Bills, former coach of the Jets. Yeah, a guy I have always thought was a, uh, a fucking idiot. Yeah, because of last night's football game and the way he handled a controversial situation. I, that what game, happened? I freaking loved him, man. Oh. I now love him. Yeah, what I happens? now appreciate what a great guy that guy is. <laughs> he had a controversial uh, hit on his kicker at halftime. And the way it all happened is one of the most unusual football plays I've ever seen in my life. There was a, there was three referee errors that would cause most coaches to blow their top and become very irrational in the post game interview. Yeah, losing a key game it affected the game. It mattered. Mm -hmm. The outcome of that game was determined by a referee fuck up. In fact, two of them in a row. Mm. And to maintain your cool to act like he did to take blame for the things that he should have taken blame for in the game have that kind of presence of mind under those circumstances i just liked him a lot i thought this guy's got some depth man he i could be buddies with him no problem at all yeah whereas historically i looked at him and said this fucking loudmouth man i'm tired of him him and his brother they drove they drove me crazy now i love him and it's his twin brothers his defensive coach yeah. So anyway, it's just an analogy. Just a <laughs> <laughs> right. Watching him on TV, it's just some small things like that can turn you around on a person. Mm. So you're supposed to swear on this show. You're supposed to. You have to. Oh, I mean, not just supposed to. Can obligated. you? I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if we don't how say many, fuck three how many times. How do a I have left? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's that. That's the beauty of this thing is that it's just me. Like I'm the only person that's. Deciding what filters the information. Yeah. So, you know, we can do whatever we want. That's the glory of oh, this cool. show, you know. What about me asking you questions? Oh, shit. I mean, sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I mean, I still have a lot of questions for you, but I mean, I'm, yeah, we're well, just hanging out talking, man. All right. Um, uh, you know, what do you want to know? <laughs> I want to know how it's going down here, truly. I mean, this strikes yeah. me as an awesome situation you got yourself in here. You mean me living in like, this apartment by myself? Going to this school, Going studying school? this shit, playing music all the time. Yeah, I mean, it strikes me as like, wow. I mean, if I had to check that, there's not yeah. a lot of more boxes I need to check. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I forget how awesome it is sometimes. I, I was talking to Chris Sampson today, who's the guy who runs my program, who's like just one of the coolest dudes ever. And he's like so incredibly busy. Like every weekend he's flying to a different city and he's like, He's like the vice dean of the Thornton School of Music, and he also like runs the program, and he also like teaches songwriting. He's just like so crazy involved, and like that just scratches the surface as far as like what the dude does. But 
he's got just so much energy and i was so i was and i'm just fascinated by people that are able to just like accomplish a lot you know mm-hmm. and stay psyched about things you know and so i was just kind of asking him i was like dude like how how do you do it like on friday he had a meeting at 8 30 in the morning for some thornton stuff some school stuff and then he's putting on this music festival for the school called pop fest that my band played at and like and so he and he has this forum class on fridays it's like a two-hour interview that he does he does this two hour so he has this whole fucking day two-hour interview and then the festival starts at five and ends at 11 and then like you know cleaning up and like packing up and shit so he's i don't know it's just like a massive day you know what i'm saying just like 15 16 hour day and then no. i'm pretty sure he flew to like dallas or some shit like the next day or something anyways just a remarkable guy and i was just sort of asking him i was like dude like just because i i'm a person who often feels overwhelmed by a lot of the shit that i have yeah, to you do. get a lot of shit done though true you, you do you get a <laughs> lot of shit done. Well, yeah but you know you what should it's feel like. overwhelmed you know what it's like though like i don't know like I still have a lot of work to do, and when you feel like you haven't done all your work, it's hard to be like, hey, yeah. I do get a lot of stuff done. <laughs> yeah, right. So I was just asking him like how he does it, you know? And he was just like, he was like, I love it, and I, he's like, I, he's like, I can't complain because I've chosen all of this, you know what I'm saying? And like, very mm. few people are lucky enough to have this amount of control in their careers, and like, he's like, I don't have to go to Florida next week and like be on this panel for this like you know, Young Arts Association. Like, he's like, but I want to. You know what I'm saying? And he's like, yeah, like, I'm tired, but I just, like, I, I never say that I'm busy because, like, it's all my choice, you know? And yeah. I, and I forget about that because, like, this is all my choice. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, no. I don't have to do any of this shit that I'm doing right now, you know? But I'm choosing to because I love it. Um, but I guess to answer your question, like, it's awesome, man. It's great. I mean, like, I'm, I'm like, an overthinking person and an insecure person, so I often think a lot about, like, oh, God, I, like, how am I going to make a living? Like, how am I going to, like, make, you know? And like, yeah, that's oh, natural, though. You, yeah. You're supposed to have those thoughts. <laughs> exactly. Well, thank God. One of you kids does. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, uh, but people are doing it, you know what I'm saying? Like, my friends... Um, the girl that was on this podcast, she played on the Jimmy Fallon the Tonight Show last night. You know, like her what? band. Yeah, isn't that cool? That is. <laughs> it's fucking awesome. Wow. Yeah, she was on this podcast a couple weeks ago, man. She's my friend Katie and her band and this guy Brian Jones who was also on this podcast. Cool. Yeah, it's fucking awesome. so people are doing it. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have friends that live in LA that are making a living doing creative work. You know, and like chris is someone who has like a lot of faith in his students you know what i'm saying as far as yeah. like being able to like do i've it, seen it you know? i've seen that in him yeah he's an interesting guy he really is he's I, a fascinating guy man yeah and anyways people are doing it you know um but like just the amount of joy that i get to experience on a day-to-day basis is truly amazing like that's something that i think about a lot um because I, I I play with my friends all the time. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's something from childhood that, like, oh, it's playtime. You know what I'm saying? And, like, the wonderful yeah. thing about, like, just playing music is, like, I, I li- like oh, yeah, a lot of it's work and serious and thinking about it and it's effort and it's a skill and whatever. But, like, there's a huge element of me that I just, I'm playing. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, right. I get to play and, and just being able to be creative and stuff like that. And I forget how to, to, to think about it that way sometimes like that. I get, like, I... Yeah. Just like because I have such a specific relationship to work and like going to high school and like doing all this shit, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I'm yeah. just like, so whatever's consuming my time, I'm like, oh, I got A, B, and C to do today, and not realizing like, 
whoa, what did I do today? You know what I'm saying? Like, I got to write songs with my friends for a couple hours. Yeah, it's <laughs> tough to pull yourself out and realize yeah, that. Exactly. Just because I'm, like, busier or I bit off a little more than I could chew or whatever. But, I mean, it's going, it's going great, man. I mean, like, uh, it's hard for me to delineate between, like, like, how's it going? Like, like I, I, I wouldn't change anything about my life right now, you know? Wow. Really? <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, I, I wish I ran another year of track in high school. <laughs> I told you that. I know you did. <laughs> but that's part of living, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I made the same mistake at one point <laughs> in time. Uh, but... You make those mistakes. That's the way it goes. And then you look back and you wish, ah, fuck, I wish I did something. I wish yeah. I could handle that a little differently. I would rather be able to say <laughs> that I ran the track. Yeah, because I, I did wish plenty you did of performing arts shit. But, like, at the end of the day, like, I'm, I'm doing, like, performing is what I do. And so, like, being able to, because I did, like, take that time and, and do more creative stuff, you know. And at least just in my mind. Well, that's legitimate. Okay. Yeah. And it. How I sort of rationalized it in my mind is like that's pretty good though. I mean, the time get filled up with other valuable shit. Yeah, and that's I, like true. I was working on an EP with Scott. Like, the, even though like you know I don't that that EP didn't like. I liked it. You, li- I liked it too. You know what I'm saying? But I mean, like the process of doing it taught me so much. It did. Even though like it's not like a record. Would you that have I hand not out. done that if you ran track? No, I don't think so because like Maybe Scott not. and I worked a lot in like the mid late afternoons, right. like right after school. And that, the track does suck up a lot of time, but that track was. Fun I think though. I could have made it work, and I, I like looking back. I just have so many great memories from that time, and because I do so much creative stuff now and artistic stuff, that like, yeah, the the opportunity to be a part of a team sport is like really never going to be a yeah. thing in my I, life. I kind of knew that at the time, but here's the difficulty that I see. Yeah. When when you're 21, shit, sorry. Looking back on something you should have done when you were 17. Yeah, one second, let me get a napkin. It's easy to say, um, for shit, I wish I'd done that because you don't have to do it. You know, it's hard. That track was freaking hard, and that took a lot oh, of effort. It was, but and and the thing that my track coach told me when, and he was honestly one of the most influential figures in my life. That who? What was his name? Uh, Collins. Sam Collins, yeah, Coach Collins, man. Is yeah. he told me like when I just like told him I was gonna and the thing is like I had done all the preseason training for the season that I quit, you know? Yeah. And like that's the hardest part. That's is, the hardest part. Is running like five, six hundreds on a Monday. And like there was one day that no one else showed up except for me. <laughs> you know? He liked you that guy. Yeah. And he, and he was a good coach. Well, and he, a solid he gave dude. me a lot of self confidence and he said like Mac and like you could have he says he says like he, he was it was really compassionate what he did for me he like he told the other people to like do their warm-ups or whatever and he like just walked with me for a while and he told me like mac and i think if you stayed on the team you would have been able to broke 50 50 seconds with the 400 meter thing and he said like but in the he said and he, but he told me why he's but in the four by four which is a team race as opposed yeah. to the individual race yeah. and he was like because you have heart and because like in that situation where something bigger matters like you're going to be able to put more in you know and he says, like, and he says, when you think back, like, he had the big picture in mind. You know what I'm saying? Like, he, he was good like that. that he guy. was great. And he said, like, when you look back on this, like, you're going to have things in your life that are going to be incredibly difficult to do. But just think back on this time and know that you did this. And this is fucking hard. <laughs> you know, and like the fact that you did this is going to give you the strength and the confidence to do other shit. You know? That's a great, that's a very insightful thing to say. He was, he's such a good guy. And like, honestly, like, I, I feel 
I regret because he asked me to run my and senior year. No. And I said that I would, and then I just like never did. You know, I said that I was like thinking about no, it. And, feel, like, that makes you feel shitty. It makes me feel shitty. <laughs> That's like no. one of the things that keeps me up at night. You know, that yeah. and, like conversations I, I can see with that girls because that. he's because he's a <laughs> yeah, of course that's all part of everybody's life. <laughs> yeah, but the the Coach Collins thing is not part of everybody's life, and that. You make a promise to a guy and you don't keep it and you think... Uh, uh, that kills me these days, uh, you know? Uh, Even though, like, it did a lot of it, like... I don't know. I was really in the, like, theater scene at the time and I thought that that, that was, like... And I didn't even really, like... Care. It wasn't my passion for theater. It was just my passion for those people. And I really liked, like, spending time with those people because they yeah. cared about me and we were, like... Yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. We had a good time together, you know? So yeah. I ended up doing this one... Uh, I ended up doing that musical my senior year. The, uh, not the Elvis one, the other one. The Elvis one was funny, man. That was great. That was fun for me, man. Yeah, that was a blast. <laughs> yeah. What one are friends, you talking about? There was the senior musical. Um, what was the name of it? How to Succeed in Business. You guys were out of town. Did you, I see the show at you, all? Ever? No. I think you came to a rehearsal one time or something. But you guys were out of town. Oh, I remember the show. that show. I do remember it. Yeah, it was fun, and I got to and like yeah. Joey was the lead, and I was like the yeah, antagonist, yeah, yeah. and like right. Joey's one of my closest friends, you know, and he's yeah. still in my life to this day, and maybe wouldn't be if we didn't do that together, you know. So like, yeah. it was a worthwhile experience, but like, I I, I feel bummed out because like I could have ran that season for the, for Coach Collins, <laughs> and I didn't. Yeah, you know? and I at least took a shot. You know, I did a. Um, when I graduated from high school, before I went to college, my football coach in high school recommended I do Outward Bound. You ever hear of Outward Bound? Yeah. That's another thing I was thinking about as far as your just like multidimensional life. Well, he recommended it because yeah. it, it, I think it was formed. I don't I'm not positive, but I think it was formed for juvenile delinquents. And I think the idea yeah. was to take these kids out of the city and put them in a situation in the woods or in the, you know, some, some foreign situation to them. And teach them skills and have them be forced to get along with one another. Yeah. And and so that that would teach them to acclimate with social skills and not be, you know, such an outcast. That was the idea behind it, behind its foundation, all right? Yeah. And so I did it. I went to it. I asked my grandfather, who was the greatest character in the world, if he would give me the, I don't know what it cost, about 300 bucks or something. Yeah. To, it wasn't, and that included the flight and the whole, the whole enchilada. How old are you? I was 17. Mm. So, he, so he said, okay, you can go do it. And I did it in Colorado. I did a mountain climbing one in, Mar in yeah. Marble, Colorado for like 40 days. But it was, he says, my grandfather says to me, well, no, wait, no, let me get this straight. $300 to fly to Colorado to live in the woods and eat powder? <laughs> Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> I go, yeah, yeah, that's the deal. Yeah. But it had, it had all these components to it. And yeah. the guys that ran it had ways of looking at things like you're telling me Collins did. Yeah. And so the final thing that we did after this whole thing was a 19-mile marathon up and over a, a like a 4,000-foot pass. Mm. And that's a, ta a daunting <laughs> task, okay? Yeah, man. So the guy says to me the night before, he pulled four guys out of the whole group. He said, mm. you four guys have excelled at this whole thing. And, yeah. And so I, I, I need to share with you the following insight. You're going to have trouble in the beginning, and in the end, and the middle is just going to go by. And he mm. said, and that's true of a lot of difficult tasks in your life. <laughs> he said, it's hard to get started. Yeah. And then when you're about to finish, it starts to get hard again. But yeah. the middle just goes by. 
And it was a cool thing to say, huh. man. It was, I mean, it was a very multi-applicable thing that he said. Yeah. And it was truer than shit, man. Getting up and getting out and taking off and running through those woods. The hardest part. Putting that your shoes hard. on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to go on up, a run. Yeah. A big one. Yeah. Up a hill for a long time. And then Jeez. right at the very end, when I was thinking where I'm going to finish and how I'm going to get there, and I got, and that was hard because mm. it gets mentally torturous. Yeah. In the middle, it was just time was just going by. I was just enjoying the scenery. Everything was flying by. It was awesome. Mm. But it was a cool saying. It's, that's my point. You yeah. Know? It's, it's like Cook Collins. Those guys have a good way of reflecting on that yeah. difficulty. He had an interesting one that doesn't necessarily contradict that, but like we we would do a lot of exercises like. We like if we were doing four, six hundred meter runs, you know, like that would that the day would be like comprised of a practice would be comprised of like a certain amount of distance. So whether it would be like ten, two hundred meters, or like it usually it ended up anywhere from like eighteen hundred to twenty four hundred totally meters of sprinting. I was on the sprinting team as opposed to like gotcha. the distance team, and he would always say that like the second to last one was the hardest one, and that like the last one's gonna take care of itself, you know. Because yeah, like it's the last one. Because it's the last one, and like your body's gonna be like, oh, it's the last one, you know. And like, but the real, the real one that you have to muster up the shit for, especially if you have four things, like four six hundreds to mm-hmm. do. The fucking third one, <laughs> that's when it, that's the really like make it or break it time, you know. Because the last time you're gonna give everything you got because you right. get to lie down because you, you're gonna be empty after that. Yeah, and that's something that I think about, like the, I don't know, like when it. When it matters to kind of like put the effort on the line, and it's not yeah, well, there's that's, no drama. Those involved. are maximum effort endeavors. Yeah, as opposed yeah. to a marathon exactly. or like a long term life yeah, endeavor. Yeah, yeah. yeah, those are maximum endeavors. That that's like uh, for me, that's what that's what a trial is. Yeah, it's a sprint. Mm. It's as I a sprint and a marathon, but but it's but it's every day, all day, every thought, Woo. everything. As soon as you wake up, you're thinking about it. You think about it till you go to bed. You think about it when you're sitting on the toilet. You think about it when you're in the shower. You're driving your car. You're thinking about it. You can't stop <laughs> thinking about it. It's yeah. you know, and and so it's tiring, man. When the whole thing is over, you feel Jesus. like Ugh, I know, just beat up. <laughs> I know. Some, I know, and then sometimes you get to start another one, right? No wonder you're like just like laughing so much or just like hanging out. <laughs> <laughs> well, the funny part about it is when is when you, you your mind starts to drift and the facts start to mix together. You go, oh, wait a minute, is this the heart case or the bowel case or what the fuck? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it starts to blend together and become confusing. Yeah. Anyway, but anyway, so to answer your question, I like. It's going great. I just forget how great it's going. You know, like I forget that I'm really lucky to, like, all I've ever wanted to do my entire life is make music. Like, I'm I'm in a unique position where I've like really known that forever. You know, and like um and I'm doing it. You know what I'm saying? And like I'm 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 on track. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm like you are. But I, I mean, I don't know. I just get so caught up in like. I I just been bummed out recently about some like I don't know just like life stuff like not it's not my situation that's like bumming me out just like day to day like you know relationships and friendships and things like yeah you think too much about it <laughs> <laughs> I genuinely think it's that simple <laughs> <laughs> I do I do think that you, 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 sometimes you just got to go hey that's the way it is yeah <laughs> Oh, that's the truth. Man. Yeah, I I just have such a hard time uh, with that. 
You know? Yeah, you dwell on things, man. You you, you do, and, yeah. and it's good and it's bad. Exactly. Like it, I'm, I'm trying to find because it serves me in like writing poetry. You yeah, know what I'm and saying? being insightful and kind yeah. of thinking about life and getting the right perspective, and it does all those things. But, but emotional sometimes you just gotta like, go fuck, fuck me it. up, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and I think you need to have a gear that recognizes it, like a, like a stop check, you know. Yeah. And all of a sudden you go, okay, too much, fuck it, I'm, I'm on to the next thing. Yeah. And I'm, I mean, I, I like to think that I'm getting better. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. just it requires getting better. It yeah. does. And, it, like and, in and the it's a process. Grade, I would stay up crying about a girl that I never even talked to. <laughs> You know, and things like that. In fourth grade? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not that I never talked to, but I mean, like, uh, I don't know. I was always into, like, bands and pe- people that would sing about heartbreak and, and stuff like that without ever having, like, been in a relationship for some reason. Like <laughs> That just sounded cool. <laughs> it just, like, that just resonated with me at, like, age 10, <laughs> you know? I'll tell you what solved that problem for me. Mm. I had the same emotion for for a girl. I hope she never listens to this show. <laughs> Her name is uh, Elite. Was Alita Miranda? Did I ever tell you this whole thing? The thing because it rhymed with Chiquita Banana. Yeah, and there was the theme song for that commercial. Yeah, exactly. Alita Miranda. Alita Miranda. And and she was say. a fox. Oh my god. Yeah. She was head and shoulders above everybody else. In How my... old are you at this time of this? Well, crush? when I first fell in love with her, it was like first grade. And oh, then shit. second grade, I was in with her third, fourth grade. And then they picked Ooh. like a handful of kids out of fourth grade to go to yeah. a different school on the other side of town. And she and I were two of those four kids. I was so happy. I picked to go uh, to the Yeah, to fifth school. grade at a different school. So mm. now I got to ride the bus with her Ooh, in the morning. I was shit. so madly in love with her. I used to lie in my bed and think about running away to Switzerland and marrying her. Because I think in Switzerland, or at least I thought at the time in Switzerland, you could get married when you're like 12. <laughs> <laughs> so I, thought, I just loved her, man. I just loved her. Yeah. And then my and and so everything about her affected everything I thought. Right. Until my brothers and sisters saw that I gave her two Valentines. I made out two Valentines to her. That was my little message to her in fifth grade. Mm. And, hey, Alita, you know that wasn't a mistake. You know, that that was my little thought process. Yeah. However, when she got the second Valentine, she went like, "What?" What what, what what the uh, and I couldn't play it off as a mistake. It didn't work. Okay, right. So my brother Bobby somehow got wind of it, and that got to my other sisters and, and brother and double Valentine. The, the Chiquita Banana ridiculing era started, oh. and every time. I would come downstairs. They would say, "She's Chiquita Banana," and Ooh. she's here to say, <laughs> "Shut up." I'll kill you. You know, yeah. I was just a little kid. Anyway, it solved it for me. I figured, okay, right. you, you, I have no business getting emotional <laughs> about a girl who has never even winked at me. Never right. mind, talked to me for very long. That was the perspective. So, that that you was needed. the perspective. That my brothers and sisters, yeah. you come from a bigger family than you're from, and that kind of shit makes you normal. <laughs> <laughs> How were your? It's true. Like subsequent relationships, were you like a guy that typically had a girlfriend or like? Not, not, you know, I went to an all boys high school. Yeah. And it sucked. It sucked. <laughs> and then there was a proposition that I was going to go to an all boys college. Mm. And they finally, thank God, let girls in my freshman year. My year at that school was the first year they ever let women in. And so that was, I, honest to God, I thought I was being so magnanimous to tell my mother, okay, I'll go there. I had this awesome opportunity to go to a great school 
And it was all about chicks for me because yeah. high school sucked. <laughs> if I went to where you went to high school, yeah, I would, I would, I would still be there. Right? I mean, I, I don't think I ever. I, honestly, God, I was motivated leaving that high school. It was awful, right? And so college that was important to you. You were like, yeah, hanging girl. out with some girls. <laughs> yeah, finally. So I was uncomfortable in that environment. Right. I admired you kids mm. because you were so comfortable with the opposite sex in yeah. high school because well, you hung around them all the time. That's true. I mean, like me for me, like I've always just like had. I think I've always had maybe even more female friends, if not as many female friends. Yeah, I never as, had like that. dude friends. Never had that. Mm. I mean, never. Even in the neighborhood. There were was two it, or three girls, and yeah. their parents didn't like them to hang out with all of us guys. So that, right. you know, <laughs> so it was uh, the fuckers down the street. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't until college that I started that process, and it was a process. Was for that me. strange? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, because I didn't know how to act. I right. didn't know I, and I was self conscious as can be, totally, and I didn't want to be rejected. That was a horrifying concept. Mm. And so, and just like getting to know like women in general, and like spending I got, what happened time to me was I got the living shit kicked out of me at the end of my freshman year. <laughs> in a, bar. A, a guy broke a bottle over my over my uh, nose in a bar, oh. and in the recovery process, somebody said that this girl Joanne Petroselli, this Italian girl from the next town, who went out with a guy that I knew in high school, had a brother that knew a guy that was a lawyer. Mm. And so I called her up, and she was freaking beautiful, and it's just stunning. Yeah. And I came over there with a broken nose and two black eyes and 50 stitches in my face and got to know her with this ghoulish-looking face, and we became friends <laughs> before my face healed, and oh. she realized that, hey, yeah, you're actually not a bad-looking guy. That's beautiful. Uh, yeah, so I, she became friends with my character, right. and I thought, okay, man, this is going to work real good. Damn, because you're and only so, going to get more handsome as you heal. <laughs> you couldn't get any uglier. <laughs> yeah. So that That's we became real awesome. pals. Yeah. And then after my face healed, then we became lovers. And then right. we, and then that lasted for like five or six years after that, through college and after college. And that was your kind of first significant yeah. relationship. And, and, and she taught me a years? ton. Yeah, she Fucking taught me shit. a ton. She was an awesome girl. And she yeah. taught me a lot about just mm. women and how to behave and, and how intimacy. to act. And, yeah. And, not, and how to not be a shithead. <laughs> <laughs> she was great. <laughs> so that was a big thing for me. Yeah. And, and we were together for a long time and then finally i thought in my egotistical mind when when i came to california she came with me really yeah and for the first year out here where did the canada then, thing fit into this picture no, of that later life? that was that's Wasco. later yeah, that's so you, later so, okay so, so this is 1976 i came out here okay and joanne came with me okay and so she that's was a first, school that's the exodus from, from massachusetts yeah to california okay. and then after about a year, I thought, man, I'm in California. I'm 21 years old. There's a million pretty girls out here. Mm. Uh, you know, I've been going out with this girl for six years. Enough is enough already. Yeah. And so. And throughout the course of those six years, had it been a relatively like I think, well, consistent was, or stable I must, I must thing? have been 22 because I started going out with her when I was 17. So it was about five and a half years that I went out. Damn. With her. And you went and to college when you were 17, right? I went to college when I was 17. <laughs> got out when I was 21. Came out. So anyway, she split. Yeah. And then I stayed in San Francisco for a little while. Then I came down to L.A. Yeah. Then the girl Kate was my next girlfriend. And, and I took my motorcycle across Canada with her. 
Mm. In, but that was 1980, like uh, one, maybe right. 1980. What was the like motivation that. for that, man? I had gone to a year of law school, and everybody's going, where are you going to work? What law firm are you going to go to? I mean, <laughs> and, and I'm going, fuck, are you shitting me? It was hard enough to just go through that one year of law school. That yeah. fucking drained every brain cell I had. Yeah. And so all I wanted to do, I had a nice big motorcycle, um, and I thought, I've always wanted to go on a long trip on it. Yeah. And I said, you know, I don't have to start school again till August. It's May. I'm going to jump on this bike, and I'm going to go up to British Columbia, and I'm going to go all the way to Nova Scotia, and then I'm going to come down to Boston, and then I'm going to come back. You want to come with me? She said, yeah. So, so she jumped on the bike. Off we went. It was a fucking blast. Yeah. How did you meet Kate? She was. She worked at the, everybody. The, I met everybody, including Bridget, yeah. through Gladstones, My through mom. the restaurant. You're yeah. right. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, so it was all, I worked at that. I mean, that to me was the coolest thing. Gladstones. Yeah. Yeah. It was fucking awesome. I called up all my friends from Boston. I was the boss. Yeah. I was hiring people. This is the bar. Was it in Mal Malibu at the time? Yeah, it was at Sunset and PCH is where Ooh. it is now. And it was Jetty's at the time. And yeah. I, but I called my buddies and said, I'm the boss of this place. <laughs> <laughs> I go, you got to get your ass out of here, man. I'm like, I'm like 22 years old and he hired me as the manager of, of the boss. Yeah. So it'd be I like me calling up like Jake and JR and being yeah. like, guys, I'm the boss. <laughs> I'm the boss. You're working for me now, brother. <laughs> <laughs> so we had a blast. Yeah. I had uh, 14 guys eventually came out. Damn. Uh, I, oh, I got all jobs. I got them all jobs. And we all lived in, around and hung out and, you know, made sure that we all had the shifts that worked together. That's we just crazy. Fucking you have 14 friends yeah. <laughs> from back home still. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. crazy. We had, a, we had a ball, man. It was freaking blast. That sounds like the greatest time ever. And it was different from, you know, Boston. It's all Irish Catholic girls that you have to take out for like a year before you can touch them. <laughs> <laughs> so out here, it was a different scene. So mm. it was a fucking blast. And I had a ball. Anyway. Revealing secrets that I probably shouldn't be revealing, but in any event, we had a blast. It was unbelievably fun. Right. And I was trying to be an actor. Yeah. At the time, that was my endeavor. But I was mm. so busy with that bar and making money. We made a ton. We made you make two fifty, three hundred bucks a night at that time. That's fucking incredible. It was a shit pile of money for me. Yeah. You know, just stashing it away. So. uh so that's what happened. And then one by one, they got in trouble and they just fucked something up and they had to go back home. And then right. I decided that I was going to go to law school. Mm. And so that's what I did. I went to law school. I was going out with Kate during that period of time. And then when I got out of law school, I got a job, quit the bar, but all my buddies still worked there. And it, they introduced me to Bridget. That's when I met Bridge. And yeah. So and then that was the end of that. I got to pee. We got to take a break. Pee break. Go for it, man. So it's strange because like we're sitting here, we just we're getting the updates as far as like who's going to be the next president, Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump, no. and like it's just weird because by the time this is out, by the time people are listening to this, people are going to know. And right now, Trump has a lead. I don't want to like really turn this into a political conversation. No, I no, no nor do I. That. Nor do I. I, I. I really don't. I'm. I'm aghast at what's going on but let's just uh leave it at that yeah well it's just strange but i mean um i guess just briefly just because i mean it's just hard to ignore the elephant in the room right um, it is just because like I, I haven't really had a lot of history in my life of like presidents or like thinking about the president's effect on the thing and like 
I don't know, like Obama was like a big deal. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like first African American president, and like, especially just like looking back, I don't know. Like, I look up to the dude a lot. You know, like yeah, there's yeah. there's so complicated with the presidency. Like, there's a lot of shit. <laughs> like, you know, it can't be like oh, good president, bad president. You know what I'm saying? But like. I think he did a pretty good job, and, like, he's, like, a respectable dude. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I just wanted to ask, like, just in your life, I don't know. You've seen a lot of presidents. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I have. Have you seen, like, I don't know, just, like, what's what's your experience been with, like, when there's a new president? And, like, what what does it mean? And what Uh, does shit really change for you? Or, like... At your age, it's hard to discern unless there's a war going on. You know, yeah, which there hasn't it, been in my life. Yeah, really. there was a war going on in uh, in my life mm-hmm. and a lot I mean, of controversy. The wars in the Middle East, but different, yeah, yeah, different, different than it was like, a different deal because there was a draft right. uh, and people were going to it. People were disappearing from the neighborhood. You know, they. Yeah. they uh, I I was born under Eisenhower. Who's a general, you know, and, yeah. and a war hero, and so that was the kind of the mentality, the post World War II mentality of the country was dictated by that. Yeah, and then Kennedy came in, mm. and Johnson, and Vietnam, and then Nixon and Watergate happened. Yeah, holy uh, shit! Yeah, that was <laughs> that was a lot of shit going on back in those days. Yeah, and, and uh, so I've seen all of those guys: Carter, Reagan. Bush Sr., Bush Jr. <laughs> yeah, damn. Uh, but I think the more interesting days in terms of my consciousness of the president was was during that, when, when, when Kennedy was assassinated. Jesus and, Christ. And then it, it was... It uh, seemed like the world was going to end. Yeah, I was, I was uh, nine, mm. just nine, four days earlier. Yeah. Like, that was November 22nd, 1963, that that happened. Yeah. And I remember how impactful that was. It's just at that age and being so conscious of it. And so my attention was drawn to the presidency and to, you know, he was in, a, it was kind of Russia and the U.S. When I was a little yeah. kid and you did a little fantasy, you know, who was playing who, even when you played yourself, you know, you'd throw balls against the wall and, and, and pretend top you of were the night. You the U.S. and the enemy was Russia. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. That's how it always was. I would shoot pool up on the third floor of my house and I would play against... U.S. against Russia. Right. And it was always that. It was Khrushchev and Kennedy. And, mm. and so during those days, it was pretty. It was a pretty high political influence at every level. Yeah. And I have felt that less, although arguably the president of the United States and, and his, as it turns out, policies affect my taxes. Yeah. My, my freedom to a large extent. Yeah. Um, but it seemed to me that it was more impactful to me during those days, between the time I was seven, seven or eight and the time I was 21 or 22. Those yeah. seemed to be the days I paid the most attention to it. Right. And I don't know if, that's, if that will ultimately end up being the case with you or not, but hmm. it kind of depends what's going on in the world. Yeah, exactly. I mean, who knows? It's definitely like... Uh I don't know, this election has been, like, because the last time there was an election, you know, I was, like, you know, 16, 17, mm-hmm. um, and I couldn't vote, you know what I'm saying? So this is kind of, like, the first presidential election that I voted in, so it's, like, it's been, right. it's been significant to me and Very memorable. Um, and anyways, that's all I really, I was just I hope it ends up memorable. It. I really do. <laughs> it's, well, it I, certainly will be either way, you know? Um, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> there's you certainly right. be memories made. 
But uh, fuck that shit. Uh, this is certainly not the forum for that. No, <laughs> you know, no. I, I, I want to hear more about your life and 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 you. Um, and we were talking about relationships before we took a pee break, and like, right. And I hope it's okay for me to ask because this is something that we haven't really talked about too much. But I, I know that you were you were married to, to Kate, right? For yeah, an hour, a small an hour or two. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was yeah yeah. That's okay to ask. Um, I broke up with her after going out with her for a long time. It seemed like yeah, uh, you know. I I think I was twenty seven when I married her. Maybe maybe even older than that. Mm-hmm. Um. And what happened was, I broke up with her. I, my head got fucked up about it. Why'd you guys break up? Ah, uh, I don't know. I don't know why the hell we broke up. It was just, we, it was just it time, you know. Yeah. yeah, it just was time, and so we just decided that's it. Yeah. And so I, I could, I mm. couldn't handle it. She could, and that drove me even more crazy. The breakup. Yeah. Yeah. And so anyway, she called me up. After having been broken up for uh, several months or so, and and uh, said, "Hey, it's my birthday. Will you take me out?" That was January fourth. Uh, I forget the year, but whatever the fuck it was, um, I said sure. I think it was nineteen eighty four. Yeah, I think it was my third my third year of law school. Mm-hmm. So I said sure. So I took her out for her birthday. I had just won like I don't know. Seemed like a lot of money at the time. It was probably fifteen hundred bucks in a poker game. Right, and so I had a pocket so full like, of money. Let's get some that's, a, that, that's a lot of money. So I <laughs> yeah, took her out, us. and we uh, started telling one another how much how we felt for one another, et cetera, et cetera. I said, "Let's get married." Yeah, this is on the first date after you guys have been. Yeah, now bear in mind, my dad was killed at forty-two. My yeah. mother never married another guy. Marriage mattered to me. So yeah. the the concept of saying I'm married to you was a vow that I took very seriously, so, even yeah. though I was drunk with a pocket full of money at the time. Yeah. We flew to San Francisco. I woke up the next morning. I went out. I got the the marriage license. I arranged for a priest of some denomination. I don't even know, but right. um, to marry us so that it would be official and the yeah. license would be signed. We, I called up my brother and a couple of my buddies. They flew up. I got married in Sausalito. Yeah, there was like a ceremony, and, you guys. Yeah, and yeah. then we went out and we partied and we partied up there for the weekend. We came home. I got up. I was in my pad in Venice, California. I got up. I took a long run. I ran probably eight or nine miles, which was farther than I normally ran by a lot. Yeah, because I was thinking about being a dad and being, a, you know, yeah, starting my life. Just as a been American. married. Yeah. So I get home and back to my little apartment, and she's lying in the bed crying. I go, what's the matter? And she goes, I don't know how I'm going to break this to Tom. (laughs) I go, who the fuck is Tom? And Tom was some guy that she had been going out with in the meantime. Well, as it turns out, Tom was married. She was going out with a married man and and was confused as to how to break the news to some guy that was that he was her cheating you know what the fuck yeah i I, I was like shocked i go wait a second 24 hours ago you were telling some priest forevermore and this and that and you know for better or for worse dead or alive what the fuck is going on i mean i was like thrown for a loop yeah, man. So, so, so <laughs> I mean, I think about all like the the petty shit that fucks me up, and like, oh man, damn, I, honest to God. So I said, okay, here's the deal. 
I have two tickets to Hawaii. I was going to surprise you with them. You mm -hmm. go, you take them and go over there with whoever the fuck you want. When you come back, have an answer for me. You're in or you're out. Right. And she, she did that. And she went with a buddy of hers, a girl, and came back and was still equivocal about it. And I said, I'm out. Yeah. I'm out. And we filed a paper in Santa Monica Courthouse that said, it was called a summary dissolution. It said, we got less than 5000 bucks total money. Um, you go your way, I go mine. Yeah. And that was the end of that. And so it didn't last very long, but it, it right. pained me, man. I remember yeah. going to my teachers in, uh, and <laughs> saying, me up, uh, don't call on me. I am fucking, uh, I'm, I'm not right right now. I'm not studying the shit. Yeah. And so I you called were school at the time. Yeah. No, I was finishing law school. I finished law school in the yeah. same mental funk. It, it lasted for probably six or seven months. I was going to ask. And, yeah. um, Damn. I just said, don't call on me, man. I'll be ready for the bar exam. So I, I, I didn't yeah. study for the bar. I didn't go to one fucking class. I bought all the stuff. <laughs> I never went to one class. Yeah. So with about maybe three weeks to go to the bar exam. So it's early July, probably 4th of July, 1984. And I called my mother up. Mm. And I said, Mom, I'm not, I'm not going to take the bar exam. I, I got divorced from Kate. And I'm not going to take the bar. Yeah. And she goes, oh, oh, yes, you are. You forget who you are. You forget where you're from. You're taking it. And you're passing it. And that'll be the next time I hear from you. Click. And she hangs up the phone. Oh, shit. I know. So it was, that was a powerful moment for me. That's awesome. Because I had three weeks to prepare for something that takes 12 weeks to prepare for. Yeah. And I went up. I called Kate's mother, who was my pal. Yeah. And asked her if I could come to her house in Big Bear and study. And I drove up there on my motorcycle. I studied for fucking three weeks in a row. The Olympics were in L.A. that year, so I couldn't take the bar in L.A. So I went down to San Diego, Yeah, took the bar, was convinced I flunked it because I didn't deserve to pass it, really, right. with that little you preparation time. Invested. Yeah. So I moved back to Massachusetts to take that bar, figuring I'll flunk California, I'll pass Massachusetts. Having not heard the result yet, expecting to not pass it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You don't hear the results of the July bar till November, and then the next bar is in February, so you have to start preparing before November, right? Just in case, yeah. yeah just in case. Oh, fuck, I didn't know that. So I went back, and I'm already in the bar course for Massachusetts when I hear that I passed California. Yeah. So then I can give a fuck about Massachusetts. I think it's beautiful. <laughs> I moved back to California. Yeah. Um, so I stayed there to take the test, but it's a, it's like a seventy percent passage rate. So you, so I passed that test. Yeah. And uh, and then I moved to California anyway, and I never I never moved back after that. That was eighty four. I came out here and started practicing law in that year. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the deal with that marriage. It fucked me up a little bit. But how did you get over the just the heartache of the man? You know how I was sitting in a bar in in Chatham, Massachusetts, drinking during the day, just feeling sorry for myself, feeling like I, I got fucked somehow. Yeah. And there's an old fisherman next to me, and I'm bending the poor guy's ear for like a, a couple of hours, and he's Telling drinking the story whiskey. Of, uh, yeah. uh, just being a Just being a pussy. <laughs> and, um, he finally says to me, he's drinking whiskey, and I'm drinking beer. Right. <laughs> And he finally slugs down his last shot. He's got those big mitts that the, you know those fishermen, fishermen have. Yeah. He's an old old dude, but he would have probably killed me. <laughs> but he says, um, he looks at me, puts his hand on my neck, and says, 
the next one will be wonderful. And he gets up and leaves. I remember walking, watching him walk out. And it, within about a week, I met Bridget. Within about a week of that day. Whoa! Yeah, was that fucking awesome? Yeah. I know. I know. It, was, it was meaningful to me. I'm going, Jesus. you know what? What a good way to look at it. He was looking forward. I was looking backwards. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and he, he snapped me out of it, that guy. Damn. And I just changed my attitude. In one line. Yeah, in one line. And he didn't say a peep the whole time. He listened to all Ooh. my bullshit and let me just go off. And he nod his head and look at me and take another sip of whiskey. And, and then finally, he gave me the best piece of advice, man. The next one will be wonderful. Like, you know, in other words, shut the fuck up. Everything will be fine. <laughs> it was great. It was great. Did a great job. Turned Damn. me completely around. That's glorious. Came back to California, met her, and and that that was a torrid love affair. I was married to her shortly thereafter, and I've been married to her for twenty eight years, twenty seven years. I'm like, yeah, yeah. So, anyway, it's pretty cool. Yeah, and then you guys like eloped. You guys, you know, we didn't have Europe. any money. We we were broke, and uh, I was I don't even know what it was thirty two maybe thirty one thirty two something like that, and uh, yeah. She was 22, I think, or 21 mm -hmm. or something like that. And uh, we were broke. You know, she was a waitress, and I was just starting out trying to make money as a lawyer, which wasn't, you know, it was like 50 grand a year, I think, was my salary. Mm -hmm. And so we figured we wanted to go to Europe anyway, and we had saved up money to do it. Yeah. So we said, let's just get married while we're over there, and then that'll be a really cool wedding for really short money that we're going to spend anyways. Right. And then we'd just come back and say we're married, and then whatever parties ensue, that's the way it goes, you know? Yeah. And it wasn't like we had a honeymoon or anything. We kind of parlayed it all into what we could afford. Yeah. And uh, it ended up being, it ended up working out great, because we were going to get married in Italy, and then you had to do too much shit to get married in Italy. <laughs> too, many, so, yeah, too many things. Too much you, you had to, like, post things on, on the church door, and you had to. Oh, there was too much tradition. It was too much shit. Right. And so we figured, <laughs> all right, we'll get married in Greece. That was our yeah, next stop. With Yanis. So, well, no, we were going to get married in Athens, and we couldn't do that. Then we went to Mykonos, and, and we couldn't do that because our, our passports weren't translated into Greek. Mm. That was the holdup. That's why they wouldn't do it. Is you got to get these translated? I said, "We'll translate them later." I mean, fuck! Are you shitting me right now? A piece yeah. of paper is gonna is gonna stop the process. I'll I'll make a contribution to the church, and I didn't have two nickels to rub together. <laughs> I thought like a hundred bucks might do it, you know. And yeah. um, so he said no. So the, our last stop was Santorini. Shit. And I met Yanis. It was his little hotel room that we were staying in. Yeah. And I'm drinking ouzo with him out on the deck of this beautiful scene you've been there it looks over the whole that whole Aegean Sea is just one off of the chart beautiful places yeah. in the world and I said to him Yanis I don't I don't I don't give a shit if we have to hire actors okay <laughs> just anything at all that convinces this little girl that we're married yeah and believe me once once we get married I don't give a shit if it's real if it's fake I don't care it'll be fine I'm in love with her yeah. And so he said, uh, okay, Carol. And uh, he and guys showed up with fiddles and people showed up and started blessing us and putting rings on us. And it was a freaking blast. And we just partied that night, our very last night there. Damn. We got married, partied all night long. He took and you us had to the just airport. met this guy. Just met him. He was a, and, 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 and he and like he, made this wedding happen. Yeah, he made it happen. Fuck yeah. He was a blast. And we went back. I took you back. It was yeah, a, I met him. Met his I was kids. the same guy. Yeah, he was. What an amazing story about his kid with the with the 
spear gun through With his head. With a spear gun through his head? Yeah. yeah. Isn't that amazing? That guy. So anyways, he was a fucking awesome guy. Can you just recap that story for and it, 30 seconds for people listening? Yeah. They took a sailing all day long. We were sailing. That's the day I was calling you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> stun gun. Stun gun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I let my kids drink in Greece, and then they got they got a little bit hungover. <laughs> anyway, we went sailing with the kid all day long, skippered the ship, totally normal-looking guy, handsome kid with his fiance. That night, we hear the story that he was a he was a free diver, a guy that can dive like forty meters deep in the ocean with no oxygen, with a spear gun, and they go spear fishing, and he was diving off of Crete when he made the cardinal error of a free diver and he put his spear gun down and it shot off accidentally and went into the bottom of his chin, into just the, his throat really, and it came out the top of his head. Floated up, a guy found him, took him to the shore. His girlfriend went through a million different gyrations to figure it out, got him to a hospital, a million lucky things, got him to the hospital. He got helicoptered to Athens. This guy has a spear... From the bottom of his skull through the top of his skull, yeah, it comes un, out. <laughs> uh, it went out. It went up under his tongue, through his tongue, through the top of his palate, right in between his optic nerves, right in between the, the two hemispheres of his brain and out the top of his skull <laughs> and didn't damage a fucking thing. Yeah. They, they pulled it out and he's fine. He was fine. No, no vision disturbance. Yeah. No, he's sailing a giant boat as he's telling you this story. Unbelievable! You can Google it if you Google 2002 Crete spearfishing accident. You will see the MRI of that kid's head. Yeah, it's an amazing story. That's fucking unbelievable. Remember that when they were telling yeah. that to us at that restaurant? We're going, what? I think that's why he had the beard because he must have had a scar on his on his neck. Yeah, you from know the what I mean? spear through his entire head. Unbelievable! How terrifying would that be? Yeah. Jesus Christ. Remember Yanni's telling the story, come in and say, uh, nobody touches my son. You know, I'm going, hey, dude, you're in a hospital, man. It, yeah. it's, it, there's a time to shut up and there's a time to be, a, you know, right. a, you know, a lion. But uh, anyway, he was a blast. He told a great story. That was an amazing event. But that's where we got married. And by the way, for anybody listening, that story took place, what, 18 years after we were there, 20 years after we were there? All you kids were kind of grown up. You were like, what were you, 18, 17 years when old? We went over? Yeah, Greece? when we went back over there. It was, let's see, it was 15. your 20th anniversary. It was How our old? 20th anniversary? Yeah. Oh, it was 2009. Yeah, fuck. Was I 14? That makes sense, because we went for the 15? walk on the topless beach. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, and I was too excited because yeah. I was just a Let's go down again. Let's take another walk kid. down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> um, well, shit, man. Yeah, that was pretty interesting, huh? The way yeah. that all unfolded. So you meet mom, you, you elope, you decide to bear children. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we had, we had, we still were short of money, man. I still wasn't, the law practice wasn't taken off. So we moved to Calabasas, Mm. started, we had Sammy and Maddie that were like two and one when we moved out there. And then we had you the next year when we lived out there. Mm -hmm. And then I, I turned 40 right in around there and decided to just start my own law firm. That's a ballsy move. With three kids. Yeah. Yeah. Three kids and no money. (laughs) That's and punk the, rock, man. Well, and then the law firm took off, man. And then that, that made some money finally. Yeah. What was it like? What were we? What were we all like as kids? Uh, very different. Very different. Um, 
Sammy was kind of quiet, not terribly sure of herself. Maddie was kind of loud, very sure of herself. <laughs> uh, and then you were kind of in between that mm. as the third guy. But um, it's it's interesting to compare how you are now to how you were then. Mm. We had the earthquake out there. Well, it, was just, it was just before you were born, I think. You were born in what, 95? 95. That earthquake was 94. Big one. And it rattled the house. Yeah, oh, yeah. It was like a 6.7 or 6.8. It was big. Yeah. It broke all the windows in the house. The chimney fell off the house. Oh, shit. This is I Calabasas? Had, yeah. I had to run down the hall. I carried him out one at a time into the driveway. We sat in the car in the driveway. It was terrifying. It was terrifying. You could It, it shook the house so hard you couldn't get up out of the bed. It was shaking so hard. Damn. I know. It, that was like the epicenter. We were like a mile and a half from the epicenter. Oh. It lasted like, you know, you've been in an earthquake? A couple of little sprung. No, no crazy ones. Usually they, they rumble and they increase a little bit and then they decrease and then they go away. And then there's a couple yeah. of little aftershocks. And yeah, that's lit. Yeah. And so this started and it was go, 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 go. It was almost like a train was going over your house, you know, if you lived right. underneath the subway in the East Coast. It, it, it felt like that. But then it just got louder and louder and louder and it got to the point where we realized, holy shit. I mean, I thought the earth was going to open up and the house was going to fall in it. It was yeah. that. It was that terrifying. It really was. It was, it was terrifying. I never had experienced that. I, I'd been in a lot of little earthquakes, but never a big one. Yeah. It was freaky, man. It really was scary. Mm. So, there hasn't been a big one in a long time. Since then. It kind of freaks me out. That was the last one. Santa Monica was very affected by that because it's built mainly on sand. Mm. And so that rattled a lot. Santa yeah. Monica is very vulnerable to earthquakes. And Northridge, which was where the epicenter was, was a mile, I think about a mile and a half from our actual house. So, yeah. so that we got rattled hard. Shit, man. I know. I know. But made out all right. Came out fine. All the kids were fine. Yeah. Had you after that. And then uh, started the firm, started making money, moved down to Huntington Beach and yeah. had that first pad out there on uh, whatever it was, not Evening Breeze. What was the other street we lived on? I don't know the name of the street, but like, and you're talking about the estates. Uh, yeah. Actually, yeah. I'll remember it. Um, <laughs> but you say I'm, it's interesting uh, comparing who I am now to who I was then. To the kinds of kids you were, you know, you, you think yeah. that when you're seeing a little kid, you go, oh, this kid's going to be this, or this kid's going to be that, or this kid has this trait, or this kid has that trait. Right. And then... Trying to forecast. Yeah, and you try to forecast. You think, oh, this is like I did with that little girl the other night that right. I ran into at the movie theater. Yeah. So she's got the balls to talk back to me. Right. Now, that's a trait that's, I would imagine, is going to do her well in life. But, yeah. you know, she could turn out to be a fucking anarchist, for all I know. Mm. I have no idea. But she just has some courage, you know what I mean? She has some spunk. And so it was interesting that um, Sammy, for example, would bump her head and cry for 25 minutes. <laughs> Maddie would bump her head and look at the thing that bumped her head like, what the fuck are you doing there? <laughs> and never, she would never cry or not shed a tear. She wasn't seeking attention as a result of, you know, having bumped her head. Right. Sammy would seize upon the opportunity to get your attention, to get you to hug her and... You know, uh, and Maddie didn't have that trait. And uh, so that was interesting. I, I, your, the thing that stood out to me about you as a little kid was was they were fucking with you all the time. I, I get that part. <laughs> yeah, a lot. But, but, but wicked smart, though. You could read and you could, you know, like that trip you and I took up to Dartmouth for one of my reunions. Yeah, when I pretended I was six, I made a fake ID that said I was six. <laughs> yeah, that that and that that just I can remember your face 
when I was telling you that that plan. I can remember you looking at me like it was the most frightening <laughs> proposition known to you because you yeah. were a rule follower, man. Right. You followed rules. <laughs> and no matter what they said, and you could read. And you yeah. could read when you were like three or four early on, you know, don't go there. The thing says cross here, <laughs> you know, whatever it was, you, yeah. you, that, those were the signs well, and the, you followed. And the thing with that trip was that like, it was kids like five and under did a bunch of dumb stuff. Well, that, and you kids were reading six and up did the, a bunch of cool the, stuff. The way you became aware of that was you were sitting in the rent a car reading to the, the right of me, reading the itinerary, reading the brochure. <laughs> and I looked over and you were just bummed out completely. I go, what's the matter? And you say, you got to be six to do anything that's fun. Because they grouped kids zero to five. Right. You did a bunch of baby shit. Yeah. And then six to ten, you did some things that to a five-year-old seemed like a big deal. Yeah, right? like running around, hanging out with older kids, hanging, yeah. running around so playing you, tag. So I said, okay, here's the situation. And you looked at me horrified. And I said, <laughs> for this weekend and this weekend only, you're gonna be six, okay? <laughs> and and that was that was against the rules. That yeah. was like a, and, oh, how am I gonna do that? I said, here's what you're gonna say when somebody asks you, how old are you? You say, six. How old are you? <laughs> and then that takes it off you and puts it on them, right? Yeah. I mean, you can see the psychology behind it. You you <laughs> even appreciated it at that age. You, you started looking out the window like, man, that might work. Yeah. So when we got to the Hanover Inn, as you, I don't know if you remember this, but you've heard me tell people over the years. It's because yeah. I do have a memory of it, but I think it's because like, I, I have the memory of your story. So and, like I almost yeah. have like a <laughs> Okay, movie that's probably in my right. Mind. I have that. And then they become real memories. And yeah. You just think that's it's what happened. It's basically the same as a memory, but <laughs> yeah. I don't think I really remember it. It, uh, you were standing, you were so sh little, you couldn't see up over the counter, obviously. And the lady, the white-haired lady behind the counter leaned over and asked you. She yeah. says, oh, you're a handsome young man. How old are you? And without hesitation, it was fucking dynamite. You looked at her and go, six, how old are you? <laughs> <laughs> she just starts giggling and laughing and walked away. And you realized it works, man. It yeah. works. I am six for this weekend. <laughs> and that's the way it's going to go. Remember, because it worked out great. It did. I dropped you off at that place and you played like I f some game battleship or something with the little kid and you had a ball but you got into the six to ten yeah. group of kids oh it was a big deal yeah yeah that made was a, fun. it made a big difference man that was fun i remember i remember being because that you dropped me off at that daycare and you hung out with me that whole trip like to your credit like yeah you were I like i think about that in retrospect and like you are like on this reunion trip and all these people you haven't seen in years you know what i'm saying and like i just like most nights i remember we were just like playing cards i know but i'll tell you sandwiches uh, selfishly <laughs> i was having more fun with you than i was having <laughs> it was fun it was fun back, man it was we'd go back and have uh, play crazy eights and i would watch the u.s open highlights while and tell you that the winner of the Crazy Ace game gets to pick the TV show. Yeah. But it took so long to play the card game that I had already seen what I wanted to see. Right. And so then you, I could turn on cartoons. Yeah, then you could turn yeah. on cartoons. I'd roll over and go to sleep, and it was perfect. It was a win-win. It was a win-win. Yeah. We were in our own little hotel room. It was a freaking riot. <laughs> it was a riot. But there was a lot of shit like, that I think about as far as like you and me getting to hang out. Like... Like Little League, that was a thing that like you made a huge effort to like just hang out. You know what I'm saying? And like yeah. and Boy Scouts, like all that shit. You know yeah. that it was just basically like I want to hang out with my 
kid, you know? Don't, and that's I awesome. think you have a responsibility to do that. So I, I wanted to do that yeah. anyways because... But it's like I have just so many great memories of just you and me just hanging out. Me you too. Know? Me too. Just talk, like this podcast, like you and me used to just have endless conversations and you would like entertain any kind of question that I had and we would talk about space and time and humanity, you know? We would just be yeah. either sitting in the car or doing whatever. We would talk for hours and we, it would go from like... Just laughing our asses off, talking about like some movie that we saw, to talking about like I don't know, like oh. intelligence and, and humanity, you know, like <laughs> spirit, afterlife, religion. Yeah. Oh my god, just these 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 big sweeping conversations that sort of like we're just fascinated by every aspect of life, lowbrow and highbrow. Like that's been like a big influence on just like how i relate to people and like definitely yeah. what this podcast is you know yeah I, that's right and that we had a lot of opportunities to do that actually the boy yeah. scouts provided a lot that you of that. made you made a lot of those opportunities you know yeah. i think about i was reluctant to do that that boy scouts thing i did i thought oh, it was weird God. i wanted to do it because anthony wanted to do it and he was my best friend yeah and then all yeah. those guys and there was it was kind it of was a weird little scene. squad <laughs> but it turned out to be awesome man yeah it really was i bought into it oh and, fuck and, yeah. and you kind of have to buy into it yeah and i didn't i tried not to me too but i ended up thinking this fucking thing is works man it works yeah this is a cool thing it was well because there came a time where I had to like choose to do it for myself, you know what I'm yeah. saying, and not because mom wanted me to do it, and not because like Anthony was involved in it, and like that was like a big turning point in my life. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying, and like also just learning. I talk about learning to get along with people. You know what I'm saying, like well, a lot of the people in, in that troop were people that I didn't hang out with at school, and like we didn't have much in common with. You know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. and I that I mistakenly judged at first. You know what I'm saying, and then spending intimate time with those people and like being on campus and having to accomplish it together and then being like wow these are some of the best dudes that i've ever known you know what i'm saying yeah just like yeah i I agree with you and getting shit for it in high school once it you know because when you're in like when i was like 10 it was like adorable you know what i'm saying when i'm like 17 saying i have a boy scout meeting it's like not cool at all no but like there's integrity it takes a lot of balls to actually finish it yeah. I think that's when a lot of people drop out. Well, especially at that age when you're so insecure. And so it was like, it was very, it was a lot, it was a lot for me to learn like, okay, you have to decide what's cool for yourself. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, I know. I I thought that was, I had a lot of admiration for you sticking it out because it's an easy time to go, hey, fuck it. This fuck is it. corny, man. Yeah. There's chicks Wearing that think I'm goofy. And handkerchiefs and saying. Hanging around with these little shits. <laughs> Talking about honor. <laughs> it's like, fuck those. With the thing that Arnold used to do to make everybody shut up. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, that that would have been tough. I, but man, talk about like life lessons and stuff like that. Like I have a lot of great memories of that time as far as like, yeah, I don't know, stepping up and, and leadership and people's exactly. skills and like... And that's what it teaches you, Yeah, though, and you running know? those meetings as the leader guy, like talking, like having, being able to, like have to talk, having to talk to a group of children and adults at the same time. <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm saying? And like having but, to be... But having come up from being one of those kids. Yeah. So you get to watch other guys do it for whom you had great respect. Yeah. And then as, then all of a sudden you graduate into those positions. It was a great transition. Yeah. I, I loved the philosophy of it once I understood it. Yeah, took me a while, you know, and and, totally. and you know, I'm looking around me for dads too. that I can get along with. We I, also had know. like a cool group of peeps. Well, yeah, know? we did. There was some good guys in that. In like I talked to man. some people since that said that they dropped out because it got weird. Like that some of the dads got too into the politics. Easy of to it. see. In, in fact, when we were yeah. leaving, there was a funny c- collection it of was guys getting there. Weird and like. I don't know. It was strange. Yeah, with, with uh, that kid's dad, that dipshit. Oh, excuse me, maybe listen to the show, but I couldn't stand that guy. Well, there was there was just some stuff that I mean, it doesn't matter, but like, uh, 
I don't know. We I think we lucked out is because the people that were in it at the time were into having fun and like being like. I don't know. Like when you were the scoutmaster, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like that was, was fun. That it was, was very fun. unorthodox, but I mean, it was so valuable. And like, it was just like, I don't know. It was a good yeah, time. Yeah, I had a good squad of guys that that understood that I wasn't yeah. really your conventional scoutmaster. <laughs> just the idea of you as a scoutmaster. I know. Was classic, I know. That you know? was funny. That was funny. Um, and you were just like give kids shit all the time. Like, <laughs> uh, remember with Peter? Yeah, that? you were like, those socks are dumb, man. Like, no, I said, anybody here, everybody around, anybody here sees a pair of powder blue socks he had them on. Remember, he had those yeah. goofy sky blue socks yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I go, seize that person, duct tape him to the floor, and call me immediately. Yeah, man, dude. Peter was like, he was funny. That I have guy. like a series of like role models in my life that I've like kind of like modeled my personality after. Yeah. And one of them, like really early on, was Peter Anastas. Like because he was like a he. First of all, he was like it, like doing the Boy Scout thing, but was also just like. Which is like unconventionally, like it's not a traditionally cool thing to be a Boy Scout, but he like didn't care. And he was also like, he was in a band and like we liked all the same music and he would like show me awesome music. And like he was like three or four years older than me. You know what I'm saying? Was he? Or something. And then who was it? Yeah, he was, he was probably three, yeah, three or four years. That's right. Anyways, I just remember. Who was the other kid? Danny? Daniel. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just remember talking about music with him and like, I don't know, that just like. That's always been such a big deal in my life is when like kids that are that are older than me that I look up to a lot give me the time of day. You know what I'm saying? Right. I remember I he bought, did that. Yeah, and I remember I bought two tickets to see the Dead Weather when I was in like eighth grade, which is one of Jack White's bands that he plays drums for, and like oh yeah, we were like obsessed, them. and they were like a new band, and it was like their second record, and it was like holy shit, you know? And I I told him that I had an extra ticket, and I totally bought a ticket because I wanted to go with him, but I was like, oh, I have one more ticket if you want to go. Right, right. And he was like, yeah. And, like, he had a car. Like, I didn't even have a car. You know, I was basically asking him, like, will you take me to this Dead Weather concert? Yeah, you know? I'll give you a ticket. Yeah. And he did. And it was, and we went and we had a blast. You know what I'm saying? And it was just, like, it was a very formative yeah. time as far as, like, because well, he, I don't know, he just, he was cool. And he had, like, a cool. Because um, he had a cool dad and a cool outlook. Yeah. He had a cool outlook. Like, and like I respected a lot of people the way would say, you went to that concert with that life. little shit. Exactly. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The idea of taking an eighth grader when you're in high school Absolutely. to go see a concert. Like, yeah. That's a cool fucking thing that he it did. It is. It and takes it really, a lot of like, guts. Meant so much to me, you know. Yeah. And like that was just really fucking awesome. That family was awesome, actually. I loved that family. Yeah. The, the the other guy was a good guy too, Daniel. I liked him a lot. Yeah. They were good. They were cool dudes, man. Yeah. He was one of my guys that I. He was like the whatever the hell you call the guy who's the the patrol leader or whatever. S P E. Yeah. Right, something like that. SPO, SPL, I think. SPL. Senior patrol leader. Yeah, SPL, captain of Boy Scouts. Yeah, name. but you, but as the scout master, you need this. Uh, SPL is who you end up working with most. Yeah, you know he's the, he's your 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 arms and legs with the mm. with the patrol. Yeah. But Can anyway, I, just talking about like you like raising us and stuff like that was like me going to music school. Was that like a thing that? Was that like a dis? I don't know. Some parents don't let their kids study music. <laughs> you know, and things you mean like that. you mean Thornton School of Music? Yeah, like like no. me pursuing an an artistic career. Was I'll, that ever? I'll, I'll like tell you a, what. My dad died. Right, you know that. Yeah. Um, when you were five years old, and right? all, and most of my brothers and sisters were not academic geniuses and kind of fucked up their academic careers one way or another. My two sisters got out of college. My brother Freddie get you know 
kicked out of the Naval Academy. Bobby never got out of high school, really. He actually did at one point get out of high school, but that was the end of his education. So along came me number five. And my mother said, your call. I trust you. Your call. What you're going to do next. Where you're going to go to college. Your call. And put a lot of faith in me at that age. And I appreciated that. And I made the right call. I think, in hindsight, probably any call would have been the right call. You know what I mean? There's not a lot of wrong calls when you, if you just conduct your life properly. Mm. So, remember you and I had a conversation in the garage one time. And I said, chase it down, man. If that's your dream, chase it down. Yeah. And so I just relied on you to make that decision. I would hate to have, for example, insisted on something else. And had you be miserable because you would have laid that on my doorstep. Mm. Right? It's your call. You made the call. Yeah. And so you got to live with it. Write it, like it, not like it. It's your call. (laughs) Yeah. And so I thought that was my job at that point in time. And I talked to your mother about it and said, you know, it's his call. If we start saying you got to do something else, a more conventional education, or remember she was pushing economics on you there at one point in time or something like that. Oh, yeah. Um, I said, just stay out of it, man. He's in charge from now on. That's it. He gets to chart his own course. And that way, he likes it or lumps it. And that's the way it goes. I really appreciate that, man. Well, okay. (laughs) But that's the way it should be. Keep it in mind when you get a a kid of your own. Uh, Thanks, man. Yeah. Thanks for doing this fucking show. Like, this is a strange thing that I've... (laughs) It's fun. I'm I'm happy that I came down here. (laughs) Yeah, man. Uh, we'll see. What but, do you um? Just as far as like, I don't know your your personal arc from me being twenty one and you being sixty one. Like, what's as far as like your mindset and how you like, how have you changed in the last forty years? You know, since you've been twenty one. Oh, that's a lot. I'll tell you what happens is, I avoided responsibility for as long as I could. Mm-hmm. That's why I didn't get married till I was whatever I was, 32 or whatever, whatever, however old I was in 1989. I got married. I was born in 1954. So 34, I think I was in September of 89. I turned 35 that same year. So I was 34 years old. My plan was to avoid responsibility as long as possible mm-hmm. because I wanted to front load the fun while I was still young. And I figure, fuck it. You know, these guys bust their ass from the time they're 21 to the time they're 65. And then they go, I'm going to retire. Enjoy my life. Well, kind (laughs) of late for that, bro. Yeah. (laughs) So I thought, fuck it. I'll enjoy my life from 21 to 35. Right. And then I'll start working. And when I'm 65, I'll just deal with it when that day. And now that day's (laughs) upon me. And I'm going to have to work for a while. But I don't regret that. I don't regret it. Yeah. You know, you have your youth, you have your health. You don't need much money to have a fucking blast. <laughs> you know, so yeah. that's that's what I did. And you're coming up to those years. You, get, you you're an overachiever, want to do a million things, worry about everything. <laughs> but I mean, I think you yeah. just got to uh kick back and enjoy that time frame, man. You're going to wake up one day and you're going to be old and you're going to have responsibilities and then you're going to have to make money and you're going to have to go out and do shit and then your life starts running you. Yeah, and it becomes hard to keep a a positive attitude, which I keep. I'm always keeping a positive attitude. Oh, it's, you're the most positive dude I know. Consciously, yeah, you have to do that. But that's how I structured my life. I thought, 
I'll just have the fun right now. Fuck, I could be dead at 35. <laughs> like, I felt sorry for Greg Lemkoff, for example. But yeah. now he's kicking ass because he lived and and he made a gazillion dollars. And if I was him, I would quit and, and enjoy my life. He's only whatever he is, 45 years old. He could have a ball right now. Mm-hmm. But he's still pounding away because he's got this in his mind. He has to accomplish the next thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. But he busted his ass from the time he was 21 years old on. I mean, I was working. I was working. But I was bartending and running a restaurant and screwing around. And I just didn't take life that seriously until I got hooked up with Bridget. And then, yeah. and then I started taking responsibilities. And it was a good thing. It was time. It was the right thing to do. But um, yeah, that was man. my philosophy. Anyways, I front-loaded the fun part. And I don't regret it. <laughs> That's a beautiful philosophy, man. And I think one that I could take a dose of at this particular yeah, juncture. a little dose of that wouldn't hurt. <laughs> oh, I love you, man. I love you too, brother. Thanks for doing this. Thanks can, for having can me. Can I give you a hug? Yeah. Love you. Love you, man. Thanks. All right. You want to check in on this? Uh, I do. I do.